Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. I'm your host, Sylvia Cunningham. Now, over the past weeks, we've reported on the COVID-19 pandemic and how it's burdened healthcare systems, collapsed economies, broken our routines, and forced us to adapt. On today's program, with three major holidays on the horizon for Christians, Jews, and Muslims, how are leaders of different faiths finding ways to keep their communities together? And what kind of toll is all of this change taking on our mental health? And that is our starting point today, the grim side effects of a nation in lockdown. Dass damit gerechnet wird, dass es einen zusätzlichen Bedarf gibt an Unterstützung im Falle von häuslicher Gewalt. That was German Minister for Family Affairs, Francisca Giffey, and she's concerned about a rise in domestic violence during this pandemic and promised more services to help families. My first guest on today's show is Dr. Mazda Adli. He is a psychiatrist, a stress researcher at Charité, and director of the Fliedner Clinic in Berlin. So he joins me now on Zoom. Dr. Adli, thank you for making the time. Yes, hello. Dr. Adli, we just heard from Minister Giffey. She is joined by experts and children's charity organizations in worrying that we could see an increase of physical and psychological violence during this health crisis. Why is there this concern? It's plausible that the risk for domestic conflicts rises with increasing time spent within the limited space of an apartment, for example. And while it's okay and to have conflicts and to try to solve them, it's definitely a question of concern when the cases of domestic violence rise, as we now witness. And people are feeling increased stress, like you said, because they're in closer quarters. Also, people might be losing their jobs or working reduced hours, and, and that's a, a cause for stress. What is the situation like in Berlin? Do we actually know that there's a rise in cases of domestic violence? Well, that's uh, actually what the figures suggest, and this is why we're all um, uh, very concerned on the one hand, but also All of us who work in the mental health sector have our doors wide open. And this is important to let people know that if they suffer from experiences of violence, but also from any mental health problems in this period of time, they should not hesitate and contact all of the well-known places where mental health service or advice is provided. How are people doing that at this time when many people are heeding the order to stay home? Are you connecting with people via video chat or doing some phone counseling? Well, it's a mixture. We do see a lot of patients now via video uh, chats, which works uh, well. And But also we, we do see patients um, live in our clinic, which is also, of course, uh, possible as long as the um, security rules are um, obeyed and it's also important to have the the mental health emergency rooms going right now and open so we we do see patients and which is important because we what we also witness right now is an increase of the mental health burden in general if i may say so as a result of persistent uh, lockdown 
Right. And of course, yeah, seeing doctors at this time is one of those exceptions on these restrictions on on going out. What kind of advice do you offer to families who may be in closer quarters? How do they manage stressful situations? Well, first of all, it's very understandable that the risk for conflicts increases. And, um, and therefore, it's helpful to practice willingness to compromise for everybody in the family and to not fight conflict uh, in the moment when you feel angry, for example, but postpone the discussion about a conflict uh, to a later point when you feel less tense. Learn to give in in a conflict, which often enough then leads to a great relief of a conflict tension just by giving in a little bit. Then it's more than ever important for everyone in the family to have his or her protective room or space where where you can feel safe and where you have you know your own little place if you want to just have a time off from everyone else and even in a tiny apartment try to find and define your own personal territorium so to say and then also a good structure in the daily routines is something which helps keeping the risk of conflict and of course also violence low so have a clear schedule how to organize a home office day a homeschooling day define the hours where you take your meals so a good structure of the day uh, will also help to get through this of course difficult period for many people So that's some great advice for people who are living in close quarters for families all in the same place. What about the other side of the coin? So elderly citizens who are living alone or single people who are told to break off social contacts, what do you suggest for them to keep from feeling isolated? Well, this is particularly a problem in our big cities. Here in Berlin, for example, about a third of the population lives on their own which is, of course, which comes with an increased risk for social isolation or for feelings of loneliness, which can be a serious stressor per se. In that case, it's helpful to activate all channels to the outside world by telephone, by video chats, by all kinds of social media. When I listen to what uh, people tell me, then it's interesting to see that many old friends suddenly re-enter people's lives. So everyone really seems to be in an increased need of establishing good social networks. So don't hesitate to contact people that you haven't spoken for a longer period of time or who you haven't seen for long they're probably in a similar situation. And it's helpful to make yourself clear that we're all more or less sitting in the same boat. And on a more personal note, you've talked in the past about how singing is a stress reliever for you. You founded a choir 20 years ago called The Singing Shrinks with some of Berlin's leading physicians. Are you still able to meet with your fellow singers virtually? Are you, what are you doing to relieve stress? Actually, this choir is 
a very important instrument for all of us to get rid of the stress of a health worker routine. And uh, usually we meet and gather once a week. And now we are, we are having our rehearsals uh, via video technology. And that's fine. I mean, it's, of course, it's not the same. It's a different thing. But after all, tonight I have my, my next video rehearsal and I'm looking very forward to that. And it still does the job of relieving stress. It does, absolutely. I do have to say, I was listening to uh, Willkommen uh, from Cabaret, the Singing Shrinks rendition of it. Uh, we can actually play a little bit of it right now. So I have you to thank for having that stuck in my head for the rest of the day. Well, and something that I can really recommend on a personal note is that singing or doing something which has to do with music is a very, very effective way to get rid of stress and also to, to, to cope with this current situation a little bit more. I do uh, sing a lot, um, even on my own when I'm at home. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Adli. You're very welcome. Dr. Mazda Adli is a psychiatrist and heads the Fliedner Clinic in Berlin. We're taking a short break. When we come back, we'll be joined by three leaders of different faiths who are figuring out creative ways to connect with their communities and celebrate the upcoming holidays. Stay with us. As the German capital hunkers down, don't miss its stories of crisis and resilience. I'm washing my hands ridiculously to the point where my skin looks like I'm a leper or something. I'm very annoyed by people that buy all the stuff. I have the feeling this is so stupid, but maybe they're more intelligent than I am. I don't know, it's, it's all a bit surreal, isn't it, I think. That and more on the Coronavirus Chronicle, weekdays here on KCRW Berlin. Hey, you, you've been hearing and reading the news all day. So what are you getting out of it? Are you smarter, more informed, better prepared for your dinner party later tonight? Well, The Takeaway has you covered. We ask the tough questions, we hold lawmakers accountable, and if something just doesn't seem right, we ask, how did we get here? It's The Takeaway with me, Tanzina Vega. Tune in to The Takeaway weeknights at 6 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin. I'm Sylvia Cunningham. On the first part of today's show, we discussed how the COVID-19 pandemic is affecting our mental health. Now we'll switch gears to talking about how people of different faiths are coping, especially with several major holidays coming up. Now, keep in mind, we here at KCRW Berlin, like many of you, are working from home and we are video conferencing to connect with our guests. So bear with us if what you hear sounds a little different than it normally does. Chancellor Angela Merkel did not mince words in her appeal to the public to stay home over the coming weeks, despite the fast approach of Easter, Passover, and Ramadan. Dass man Ausflüge macht oder Familienbesuche macht, zum Gottesdienst geht, all das wird in diesem Jahr nicht stattfinden können, weil äh, leider eine Pandemie sich nicht an solchen Feiertagen orientiert. As she puts it, unfortunately, a pandemic doesn't take holidays into consideration. So how are people of different faiths managing to uphold their traditions and keep the spirits of their community up? 
Joining me now via Zoom is Father Sylvester Ajunwa, the head of the English-speaking mission of the All Saints Catholic Community in Berlin. Welcome. Thank you. Also with us is Iman Andrea Raimann. She is the chair of the German Muslim Center in Berlin. Thanks for joining me, Iman. Yeah, hello. And lastly with us, Nina Peretz. She is a member of the Frankelufer Synagogue in Kreuzberg and is the chair of the nonprofit Friends of Frankelufer. Hi, Nina. Hello. This is a very important time for people of many faiths, and it's also meant to be a time where families come together. But as Chancellor Merkel said, people have to make sacrifices this year. Sylvester, how are you preparing for Easter? Of course, this is a very important period in the life of all of us as Catholics and Christians in general. And this is an experience, personally, I've never heard such in my lifetime. And I guess a good number of people living at this time never had such experience. Yes, celebrating the Easter within this lockdown has been a stress. People thinking, how do we forgo our usual traditional celebrations? And how do you observe it at various homes? There are already permissions given and dispensations given by the Pope. And those dispensations are also the alternative ways that the Easter could be celebrated. So that the masses we celebrate, the priests could go in to celebrate this without the congregation. You try to um, get them connected somehow through the different streaming platforms that are out there. Nina, Passover begins on Wednesday. Tell me what you would normally be doing and explain in contrast what you're doing this year to prepare. So a lot of people from our congregation would celebrate Pesach in the, in the synagogue, actually go to prayers at synagogues and then have huge Seder or big Seder events, either at the communities themselves or at home with a lot of guests and families. And this, of course, is not possible this year. So we thought what we could do to enable people to celebrate their own Seder evenings at home, even if they're alone. Because a Seder is a strict ritual where you follow, yeah, you, you have certain blessings and so on. So it's not so easy to do it. And you need certain ritual foods like the matzah, the special bread for Pesach, and other food that is called charoset and maror. And you can't just get it in a supermarket. So we organized Pesach packages and actually um, some volunteers and paid staff are delivering those packages to people who signed up for this delivery. Um, we're doing this three days this week to actually deliver, I think, 120 packages. I helped myself in the morning and found it very fulfilling to, to bring those things to people's homes. And so you're delivering these packages and you're still managing to keep a distance when you hand them over. Is, is there something that you can speak to about the meaning of Passover and kind of how it relates to this time? Is there something special, that, a message that you're trying to keep alive? So Passover, it's um, a holiday of freedom. It's actually celebrating the people of Israel being set free from slavery. So it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit ironic to celebrate that in your own home when you're not free to move. A lot of people are not f free to visit their, their families who live in different countries or different places or not free to leave the house when they're sick or not free to, to welcome guests in their houses. So we're trying this year to see freedom as something else, the freedom of um, practicing our belief, the freedom of believing what we want, for example, the, the freedom of being Jewish in, in Germany. 
and um, yeah, enabling the community to experience another way of freedom. And Iman, um, Ramadan is coming up at the end of April, and it is possible by then some of these restrictions on daily life will be lifted. But if not, how will it affect this special time? We have uh, a very hard time uh, for the Muslim community in Berlin, in Germany and Europe too. We miss our Friday prayers. So the last weeks are very sad for all the people here. And we are afraid what will be happen four weeks. I think we it will be a hard time for us in Ramadan if we don't come together. Ramadan is a time for for families, for friends, for the community, come together, pray together and eat together. And to break the fast is a very special time on the day. And yeah, it's very hard for us. It seems that all of these holidays, Easter, Passover, Ramadan, they're all connected by this thread of people coming together and also these gorgeous feasts, um, kind of a climax after much prayer and reflection. Sylvester, what has been the biggest challenge for you navigating this this health crisis? Of course, it has been a very challenging time, and it has really been challenging in itself to find out the, the technology to use to really reach out to people and where people can easily connect. But we could then have to look at the experts in our community who are experiencing some of these little areas to put them together to work out something that could serve the community. Um, one interesting thing about it is um, the first one was just we tried it out and it, it really worked. Because at the end of the day, we had up to 500 viewers. But then at this we call this week the Holy Week. We have three packed celebrations coming up. That means the Holy Thursday, the Good Friday, and the Easter Vigil, called the Tridium. So we are looking at how do we celebrate and connecting our community through this platform. But good thing is the Archdiocese of Berlin has also a very good network that people can participate and celebrate with the Archbishop and connecting through also the platforms of mass of streaming then and there is also people have an option of equipping connecting with the pope through ewtn and there are many other english-speaking communities spread across the globe that are also offering such celebrations so we are looking at not really streaming the whole of the days but um, to see at least the Holy Thursday and the Good Friday, we're not going to do any streaming. We can join the global church, the world church in different forms to participate and then to celebrate at our homes and to come back again to do something on the Easter night to stream it and see how people will connect. But from the reactions I'm getting from my congregation, they feel so good because it's streaming from a church or some a priest they know and a particular mode of worship they have known and they feel connected. You spoke to us, it was like we were there. Iman, um, earlier in the show, we talked with a psychiatrist about how this can be a particularly isolating time for people living on their own and also for elderly folks who are especially vulnerable to the virus. Are you doing anything in particular to reach out to these groups, um, especially elderly, for example? 
Yeah, the elderly people, sometimes they choose uh, emails or like this, but uh, we, we saw in the last uh, two weeks, it is very good to make phone calls to these people and ask them, how are you? You need something or like this. And so we are closer together. I see it with my own parents. It's very hard uh, that we don't can see, uh, see us. So now we are writing cards and letters to people. I think it's very good to, to speak with them by the phone and to make gifts for them so that they are surprised. Oh, what, who, who think about me? And um, I think this is what we can do today. Uh, Nina, um, social distancing is one of these phrases that's now part of our vocabulary. It's suddenly, you know, we hear it all the time. And Zoom, which is the platform we're using to record, is another one of those words. But it's not been completely smooth sailing um, for many companies. Um, Nina, you were telling me earlier about Zoom bombing, that it happened to a call you were part of. Can you explain what that is and, and what happened? Zoom bombing is a very new word. I only started hearing it last week. And it means that um, people or groups of people enter um, Zoom conferences, Zoom calls, and uh, bring in racist, radical, discriminating content and threaten the people who participate in the Zoom call, which just happens because Zoom was not prepared for a global pandemic crisis and for everybody using Zoom suddenly. So a lot of security measurements were not taken at the beginning. Now Zoom changed a lot of uh, things or the... um, Security measurements have changed. Now it's a bit better. Now you have password protection. I mean, when people come to a synagogue, you would always be protected by police and security. And in a Zoom call, at the beginning, you were not protected. So suddenly, um, I mean, I believe that uh, Nazi racist groups, they're also bored at the moment and they're looking for the weaker parts of society and trying to use their radical racist energy to threaten people. And it's really, really sad. So for us, it was very sad and depressing that that this happens, that somebody's creative and puts up um, a Zoom conference and uh, and people enter and and threaten us. It's not only us, it's not only a Jewish issue. A lot of um, school calls have been Zoom bombed. In some denominations of Judaism, technology is not allowed during Shabbat or on holidays. So are you making exceptions during this time? There are now... um, Different groups all over the world, different Jewish groups who make exceptions, who say, for example, if an elderly person is isolated at home and uh, would spend the Seder, for example, alone, they could connect with Zoom. Um, We have some people in our community who find that solution. We also have a lot of people who just opt for self-isolating or just inviting one friend or meeting with, with one person. Um, what we do in our synagogue is that we use the time right before Shabbat or before the holiday to connect. We have uh, online services that are streamed and actually not only streamed, but even um, night together that people are singing different parts in a Zoom conference. We're also welcoming Shabbat together with the kids before the holiday or the Shabbat comes in. So we light the Shabbat candles together. We sing um, Shabbat songs and we, we welcome each other. We greet each other. We greet Shabbat. Now, Sylvester, you've been leading services, you've been praying to an empty church, and you'll be doing the same on Easter. Is that a challenge for you? Is that something you're personally struggling with, not having the energy of people in the room? Of course. The 
feeling is absolutely different. You you just enter a church normally on a Sunday mass, you get up to a hundred people and above, and you see the dynamism that the the, the warmth the community can share among one another. You do not have it, so you have to like face the empty church, speak to the empty pews. But the consciousness too that you are not just speaking to the empty pews that people are listening to you through another platform is also a feeling it's a change of psyche change of in thought that this is what is going on yes physically i'm in the open space but you have also the consciousness that they are watching you through another platform and also the spiritual consciousness that is the communion of believers Many people turn to faith or lean a little harder into faith in times of crisis. And I want to end by asking all of you, how is your faith providing comfort? Iman, uh, maybe we can start with you. For my faith, um, it's something natural since my childhood. Uh, My grandfather was a pastor from the Evangelic Church. And so faith in God is very natural for me um, and over the years I have learned that my stability in life depends on how well I get along with God so if I'm very near to God I feel very good in good and bad times so when I was very have a good connection with God so I can go to the good and bad times in my life and I do not feel in, I have a crisis in this moment. So I see everything is okay around me. Some uh, roots are very hard while, uh, because we don't can see people and uh, our families and friends. And uh, with my work, it's, uh, I don't see the children uh, in the kindergarten. Um, so this is a very a little bit hard, but I see the other things are okay. So my relationship with God is very strong, and I I think uh, He's very near to me. Yeah. I feel like what gives me strength, or us as a community, is the feeling that people all over the world, Jewish and not Jewish, are now experiencing this time as something very challenging and um, I feel like on the Erev Pesach, on the Seder evening, we will feel that no one, no Jew on earth will celebrate this evening as, as they usually would. Everybody experiences the situation as challenging and different and in that we're together. We're all celebrating um, together as a community, um, isolated but still with a feeling of togetherness. And I think that's the real strength of community. Yes, I just wanted to say we will overcome. The message of Christian faith is a message of hope. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. After the crucifixion of Christ, there is a resurrection that brings light and joy. This time will also pass by and we will all rejoice once again. 
Thank you all for your words of wisdom and, and hope. We are unfortunately out of time. Thank you to all my guests for joining me via Zoom. Father Sylvester Adunwa from the English-speaking mission of the All Saints Catholic Community, Iman Andrea Raimon from the German Muslim Center, and Nina Peretz from the Frankel Ufer Synagogue. Thank you to all of you, and I wish you all safe holidays. Thank you very much. Stay safe. <laughs> Thank you. And that's it for today's show. Um, make sure to tune in to Studio Berlin next week. In the meantime, we want to hear from you, our listeners, on how you're coping during this pandemic. Connect with us at KCRW Berlin on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm your host, Sylvia Cunningham. Have a good week and stay healthy.